0: Much was paid for our freedom. I know we've, we've said it before, but freedom isn't free. There had to be a price paid, and many people paid that price for us to experience the freedoms we enjoy as Americans. Freedom from taxation from the British, but also freedom to worship God the way that Um, They felt like they were felt like um, God was calling them to worship him. And they were willing to lay down their life for that freedom, knowing that they probably weren't going to get to see that, that gift. They paid that price for us. They were willing to pay that price for us so that we could experience that freedom. Jesus paid a great price for us so that we could experience freedom, so that we could be set free, so that our sins could be forgiven, regardless of what it is, regardless of what you've done, how long you've done it, if you're still doing it. Jesus died on the cross to pay for our sins to set us free and he gave that freedom to us as a gift and we didn't have to do anything to earn it our freedom as americans was a gift we sitting here today haven't done anything to earn that gift i thank you for those who are sitting in here who have served in our military and i thank you for your service who is who have been willing to say yeah i'll step up i'll pay a price." if need be, so that we keep our freedoms. But most of us here stand here and we just receive. Jesus did what he did for us as a gift. He didn't have to do it, but he did it because he loves us. Just like John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that who would believe in him shall not perish, but have eternal life doesn't say Jesus gave his life so that who would ever do such and such and such and such a thing would have eternal life. No, whoever believes in him and accepts that sacrifice, accepts that gift of salvation, will have eternal life. The only thing you can do with a gift, you can't earn it. The only thing you can do is accept it. Sadly enough, many people don't accept the gift. They reject it. It's like, no, I don't want that. But Jesus Christ died to set us free, to forgive us of our sins and to set us free from our sins. So many died for our freedom here in America, and by their sacrifice, we have the freedom to worship God, at least right now. We still have the freedom to worship God and live according to his word. But also, through their sacrifice, we have the right to call ourselves Americans. What they did gave us the ability to say, I'm an American the minute you're born. The minute you're born in this country, you are a US citizen. And you have that right to be able to call an American. It actually would be a slap in the face to all those people who died and currently serve. If you said, well, I'm just a British person living in America, but I'm still going to live under the rules and and, and governments of Britain. Be like, wait, what? No. All those people died so that you could be free, so that you could be free from British rule, so that you could be free to worship God the way that um, we believe God is calling us to worship him. So I hope that you guys can say the same thing, but I can confidently stand here and say that I'm an American, right? How many Americans we got here? Okay. Should be all of us. True, true. I can also confidently stand here and say that I am not a sinner. before you guys run out the door. I know I'm messing with some of your theology. I'm going to go through why I can confidently stand here and say that I am not a sinner. Romans 5, 8 through 11 says, but God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore... I want you to focus on that first verse where it says, But God showed his love for us in that while we were still sinners. We're still sinners has great implications. It means and implies that if you've accepted Jesus as your Savior, that's no longer what you are. You were a sinner and you were an enemy of Christ. That's what Romans says right here. You were a sinner, and you were an enemy of Christ. But if you've accepted his sacrifice, you are no longer a sinner. Amen. Have you ever heard the term or somebody say, well, I'm just a sinner saved by grace? Yeah, I've I've, <laughs> I've used it personally. And I think it's like a false humility almost. It's like, well, yeah, I'm... I'm just a sinner. I'm just a, a fallen person. I'm imperfect, but at least I'm saved by grace and I'll get to see Jesus someday. Amen. I want to tell you something um, sinners don't make it into heaven. <laughs> if you read through scripture, that's not what happens. I'm not a sinner saved by grace because I'm not a sinner. Jesus has saved me. Past tense. Jesus says, actually, we are to be born again. And that sinners saved by grace, I don't even know where it kind of came from. It's not in the Bible. (laughs) Nowhere will you see that we are sinners saved by grace. There's a lot about sinners, and there's a lot about people saved by grace. But they're not one and the same. There are sinners, and then there's those that are saved by grace. And those who accept the free gift... Of salvation. And Jesus says to be born again in John 3, starting in verse 3. Jesus is talking to a Pharisee called Nicodemus, and he says, Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Hmm. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, You're not going to understand this, but just like you don't understand where the wind comes, where the wind comes from, or where it goes, you just need to trust and have faith. So when we're born into this country, we're immediately Americans. When my son was born, he was immediately a Hargrove, to his benefit or detriment. <laughs> And he immediately became my son. He had no choice in the matter, honestly. <laughs> but he immediately became my son. And I remember uh, that day. How many parents do we have in here? All right. So you guys know, that time when one of your kids are born, it's just like this this uh, moment of pride and joy, like all wrapped into one. And I just remember looking at him like, ah. Oh, that's my son, like I'm so proud of him, so proud of him, he he hadn't done anything good or bad yet, so, and then he pooped his pants and I was like, that's, that's my boy, (laughs) that's okay Logan, I had poopy pants when I was a baby too. But I remember I was so proud of him because he was my son. And he had done nothing to earn that name. I remember with my daughters as well. I was so full of joy when they were born. I just remember, wow, that's my daughter. And I was like, I think I'm going to have to buy some guns. I know they're not really that old yet, but there will become a time and day where if you are wanting to court my daughter, you better beware. (laughs) Uh, But I just remember I was so full of joy when they were born, so full of joy. In Luke 15, it actually says that all of heaven rejoices, and there is joy in heaven when one sinner repents. When one sitter repents, which means they're born into the kingdom. Jesus says we are born into the kingdom of the Spirit. Now my son and daughter, again, they didn't have to do enough chores, do good enough in school, or do any of that type of thing to be called my son or daughter. They were called my son and daughter right when they were born. And when I ask them, you know, and I say, Logan or Brielle, who are you? And they're like, I'm, I'm, I'm your son. I'm your daughter. When I say it to uh, Brielle sometimes, I'm like, who are you? She's like, I'm your daughter. And I'm like, I have a daughter. And she just, she does the best eye roll. How many daughters do a good eye roll? <laughs> dad. But that's her response. Dad. Because I'm her dad and she's my daughter. They're not somebody trying to earn my approval or earn their right to become that. So, again, I am not a sinner. So if I'm not a sinner, that is not my identity. What is my identity? 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Behold, the old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. I like what Sandy said in worship, throw off that old mindset, which is a false mindset, a lying mindset, a mindset of the enemy that you are a sinner saved by grace, that you're just going to barely get into heaven by the skin of your teeth. That is not what Jesus says. He says, you're a new creation and your new identity is son or daughter of God. And I want you guys to believe that. I want you to know that. And Jesus' sacrifice made that a possibility. And when you accept that sacrifice, it gave you a right to call yourself a son or a daughter of Christ. John through 13 says, He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God who were born not of blood nor of the will of the flesh nor of the will of man, but of God. So when you accept the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, what he did on the cross, you are born of God. Born of God into the kingdom, recreated new creation as a son and daughter, and that word "right" in that passage of scripture, when it says um, he gave them the right to become children of God, that that word is the Greek word exousia, which means actually power and authority. So it's not just something you you get to, but you have the authority to call yourself a son and a daughter, and you get to walk in that power and authority as a son and daughter. My kids have certain rights, have certain benefits to being part of my family. They have a nice, warm, comfy bed that they get to sleep in unless they do something really bad and then I kick them out to the doghouse. No, I don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) But they usually get Three square meals with usually like four or five different snacks throughout the day. They eat way too much. But, but because they're my son and daughter, they get all the benefits of being my son and daughter. And they have the power and authority. We have the power and authority as kids of, of Christ to be called son and daughter and to operate as son and daughter. So... I just want to make one thing clear, though. Who needs to go through this process of being reborn? Everybody. Everybody needs to this, go through this process of being reborn because, as Jesus says, none are good except for him. All need to be reborn. Romans 3, 23 through 26 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift. Justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Justification means that Jesus declares you righteous. Right now as a son and daughter. He declares that you're not just a son and daughter of Christ. You are a righteous son and daughter of Christ. And not based on your righteousness, Because your righteousness, as described in the Bible, is filthy rags. That means the best of the best of the best that you can do is infinitely not good enough compared to Jesus' righteousness with which he clothes you in when you accept his sacrifice and God sees the righteousness of Christ on you. Does that mean you're perfect? Does that mean you don't make mistakes? No. I still make mistakes. My kids still make mistakes. (laughs) But there's a process, once Christ declares us righteous, he takes us through this process called sanctification, which is that process of becoming righteous. And it's on him. Philippians 1.6 says, And I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Meaning, I started this good work in you. I declared you righteous. Now I'm going to make you Righteous. Trust me. Follow me. Do what I say. You don't have to do it on your own. You can't do it on your own. You can't do it in your power. It has to be my power. And he will lovingly walk you through it and bring you to perfection. He will bring you to his perfection. And he doesn't want you to beat yourself up whenever you make a mistake. You trip and fall. And I think sometimes some of us Feel like, and I, I kind of lived like this for a long time, where right? I Make a mistake, trip, and I fall, and I feel like God was kind of looking down on me, kind of shaking his head, like, well, I can't believe you did that one again. I'm like, but that's not what God does. He's like, okay, you messed up. That's all right. And he gives us his hand. He pulls us back up. And says, Let's keep moving forward. You're getting better. See, when my kids make mistakes, which they do, have bad attitudes, throw things at each other, call each other names, do mean things, which I did when I was little too, man, I I look back at my days as a kid, and I still apologize to my brother. I was like, man, I was such a bad big brother. <laughs> I literally, literally rubbed your face in the dirt. <laughs> <laughs> so we do bad things, but just because my kids do bad things, I don't renounce them as my kids. They're still my kids. I'm like, okay, you really messed up that time. You have to go through the whole process again, and you have to try to earn your way back into my good graces and earn the right to be called my son again. No. They're still my kids. He's still my son, still my daughter, even though they mess up. Even though we messed up, we're still righteous sons and daughters of Christ. I want you guys to live in that knowledge. I want you to walk in that freedom. See, Christ paid for that freedom not only to be f- free and, and saved from the past sins, but free to walk apart from sin. You don't have to live under the weight of sin anymore. You don't have to live with your head held down in shame. Ah, oh, I just... I messed up again. But... You know, I I guess God, I'm I'm just a sinner. I'm saved by grace, and and I'll see, I'll I'll be able to see you one day. No, He's like, hold your head up high. You're my kid. Hold your head up high. So what? You messed up. You know, I paid for it. We can work through it. You'll learn. You'll get better. I'll make you better. Look at me. Sometimes it's it's hard for us to to look up when we make a mistake and to look at somebody in the eye that maybe you wronged. Just had this experience with my son and thank like, I love you. Just waiting for you to say you're sorry. I'll give you the forgiveness. We'll move on. You'll get better. God does that with us. Keep your head up high. Look to me. Keep your eyes on me. I set you free. I give you the freedom to walk in as a son and as a daughter. Because who the son sets free is free indeed, free indeed from the past, free indeed from the weight, the guilt, and the shame. We have this uh, curriculum, freedom curriculum, and I encourage everybody to go through it, but it highlights living from uh, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil or the tree of life. Tree of knowledge of good and evil means I know good, I know bad. I do good, I do bad. And based on what I do or don't do, I earn God's grace and um, and goodness. Knowledge of good and evil. It says, I do good. Well, actually, you do bad because your good is bad. <laughs> but if you live from the tree of life, which just... Your eyes focused on Him, you don't have to worry about anything else because He leads you into all truth. He leads you into all righteousness. And so, one of the things I love about living my way from that point, my life from that point, is there's such a freedom in that. There's things that I know that are wrong that I've done wrong, and I ask God, please forgive me. But I'm sure that there's stuff in my life that I have no idea is wrong, and He's still leading me in and through. But the great thing about the sins that I don't know are sins is there's no shame and condemnation from it. And he forgives me of it anyway. Well, you don't know it's a sin. You got to know it's a sin before he can forgive you of it. No, that's not in the Bible. Come on. He sets you free and he brings you through the process of becoming like him. I want to give you an opportunity today. We can all stand I want to give you an opportunity today. If you've never made that commitment to Jesus and you want to give your life to Him, you want to say, Yes, Lord, I want to accept that gift of salvation, accept that gift of freedom, accept the gift of the right to be called a son and daughter of Christ. If you want to accept that today, I want to give you that opportunity. So, with every head bowed and every eye closed, If that's you this morning, you've never made that decision, or maybe you you did at one point, but you feel like you've walked away and you want to rededicate your life to Christ. If that's you, could you just raise your hand? Let let me know who I'm talking to. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Anybody else? Thank you, thank you. Just wait a couple more seconds. Anybody else? Jesus loves you so much, and He wants you to be free. Free from guilt, free from shame, free from past mistakes, and free and empowered to call yourself a son and daughter of Christ. All right, let's all pray this prayer together. Father God, thank you for sending your son to die in my place. Jesus, thank you for choosing to die for my sins. I accept this free gift of salvation and freedom and the ability to call myself a son and daughter of Christ. From this day forward, I promise to serve you. I want you to be my boss. I want you to be my king. I want you to be my friend in Jesus name. Amen. 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 Come on. So, according to God's word, if you prayed that prayer, and it's if you believe in your heart what you confess with your mouth, those weren't just magic words, but if you believe in your heart what you confess with your mouth, you are saved. And according to God's word, you are now born into the kingdom. And you are a son and you are a daughter and nothing can take that away from you. No power of man, no poor decision or poor choice on your part can take that away from you. It's your power and authority to be called by such and to live by such. And today, we also have an opportunity after service to be baptized, so if you've never been baptized before and you want to, even if you haven't signed up already, we're accepting new applicants right on the spot. You can come, jump in, whether you have a change of clothes or not. It's nice out. You'll dry out. It'll be great. So, But we want you to uh, go through that experience, which is, I, I liken it as uh, when a couple get engaged, you make a private private decision to be committed to one another. But when you have the marriage ceremony, you're inviting everybody to celebrate with you that you are committing yourself to each other. So baptism is that public ceremony celebration and telling everybody else, I'm committing my life to Christ because he has done so much for me. He has set me free. So I want to give you that opportunity today. But let's just uh, close with some worship. And if I could just have the altar team come on up. If you have uh, any needs, prayer needs, please come on up, get prayer and come forward. In boldness, like Christ asks us to do, boldly before the throne. How and why can we come boldly before the throne? Because we're his kids. And he wants us to come boldly before his throne and ask him as his children anything that we need and he will meet our needs. Amen. Let's worship.